Hey, welcome to Fortified Niche. I'm Kassa, joined by JC Dent. Today we're hey. talking about Delta One Zero from Bonds Games, an Australian company making Australian war games featuring some Australians. I mean, uh, it doesn't feature. I, I wouldn't say it features anyone Australians. I haven't seen any vampires in the game, but it does have uh, some weirdness going in there. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, it is a operators operationally operating tactically modern, it's modern tabletop war game, which is we're going to stop doing these at some point. I swear to God. <laughs> or we should uh, make ones that are a bit weirder than what we're getting th these days. At least, at least this this one isn't about your in the invulnerable operator shooting masses of. Uh, faceless uh, uh, yeah. brown or black people that just keep spawning uh, keep spawning in endlessly that's that's something that's very good it's uh yeah more like black ops sort of doing things like cold war gone hot in the near future with a yeah, so Russian it, state it might, it might, might you, you might even say that it's not even spec ops because the main like starter factions and whatever are just like random infantry mooks but by this, we move into the premise of the game, which uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I know I already annoyed you and everyone else talking about it, but the uh, lore of the game here is somebody made a Command and Conquer General Zero Hour mod, but somehow with miniatures. It's great. I love it. It's, it's terrible, and it's a very enjoyable like B-movie way. Because, like, uh, maybe you want to explain the state of the world in the game? Yeah, so, Europe is in crisis. Terrorists have done terrorist things. It started a new humanitarian disaster. NATO falls apart because it's bad, I guess. And Russia resurges because of reasons. And now, yeah. clandestine teams of special forces operate in the shadows. Well, clashes over resources, border skirmishes, riots, and more terrorists are underpinned by the most dangerous foes, dangerous foes, an unknown enemy who aren't appearing in this chapter. Yeah. Uh, the main box of the game and the main fluff of the game is that Russia basically reformed Soviet Union because uh, as once you once the Soviet Union fell, every war gamer was like, what? No, fuck this shit. We want this back. <laughs> So uh, I'll, I'll take evil commies over um, jihadis. To be honest, that just it feels less gross. I mean, yes, yes, but it, it just feels like very zero hour mod because like half of the modder's first idea is to put Russia back into the game, and instead of sure. making it like slightly five minutes into the future, Russia with uh, tanks and stuff that yeah. are evocative of Russia. They just put everything on the current mi Russian military catalog, not even mm. changing names into the game. So this kind of does this kind of does that, but there's also the uh, you know, the general's weirdness in it in that uh, the Russians have commissars and the commissars are a sexy lady in a coat with a pistol. They don't really do uh, anything, but you know, they're there. Oh, she does something, but we'll talk, once we talk about the rules, I can tell you about my okay. playtesting experience. And uh, 
there are sergeants in the game, which are basically your unit leaders, and for some un unknown reason, they always have shotguns, which is like, I can see myself building that unit in, in generals, like, uh, sergeant, he is <laughs> armed with a shotgun. Not like the rifles, like the rest of the dudes. And, oh, okay, but that's not the most unrealistic part of the game. The most unrealistic part of the game that is that the Russians are opposed by uh, UK peacekeeping forces. Yeah, SAS and Americans. What's the fourth faction? Uh, they, they haven't released the other two factions, but it's partisans and the NATO-ish forces or something? Yeah, Question UK... mark, because... Yeah, it's, it's UK versus um, Russia, which is a choice. Yeah. I mean, saying that the UK forces are going to be doing expeditionary warfare and uh, humanitarian crisis resolution is... Uh, well, I've looked outside the window recently, and that seems to, to be unlikely to happen. Yeah, um, they recently had their, a really successful Kickstarter um, for eight new units, four per side, four new um, Sherlock's and... Oh, sorry, four new motor rifle brigade guys and four new... UK peacekeepers. So it's, yeah, I just have to be NATO. Why not be NATO? I don't get that. But yeah, just, just, yeah, just do, do generic NATO and stuff. Like, if you want your riflemen can be German, your uh, grenadiers can be ho, 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 and so on. Maybe even put an Italian somewhere in there. Uh, but no, it's just UK. Like, if you have NATO break down and then UK somehow become a world military force that's actually doing humanitarian things, might as well uh, go full generals and make uh, make uh, the EU army that cranks are always afraid of. Like, oh no, yeah. EU is going to become a single country and they have a single army. They never explain why that's a bad thing. But, you know, that's that's uh, I guess that's the perk of being a crank. Never elaborate... <laughs> So yeah, uh, so that that's weird, but yeah, but uh, but but it's an interesting like in the parallel to Infinity or something that your starting forces aren't like Spec Ops, Secret Squirrel shit. It's like your dumb UK uh, UK infantrymen, roy rifleman versus uh, the uh, motor rifle brigade dudes. Yeah, with their sexy commissar. Uh, or you can play as the SAS versus the Spetsnaz. Which is... And you can take those guys into the regular teams and stuff. Uh, I thought they like... were like the armies of themselves. Yeah, they can. They can have. I mean, the uh, current download sections have uh, separate rosters for SAS and and uh, for SAS yeah. and uh, Russian Spetsnaz. But uh, you can. I. I. I think the faction dossiers from the motor rifle and peacekeeping forces also allows you to take some of those dudes i didn't take it in my playtesting because i had ideas in my mind so hmm. uh, it's been a while since i played this game i'll be quite honest it's been like at least six months um yeah so I'm but a little bit rusty but we'll get there but uh, well you played with people who actually made this game and actually kickstarted this game while yeah i was well i was uh Cutting pictures out of PDFs and importing them into tabletop simulators. They have play aids and, uh, and all of that. So I've met the devs. The devs seem really cool, really nice, really passionate about the projects. I think they're all um, contemporary or retired servicemen. So much like the Force on Force guys, we're drawing a lot from like 
um, established military, but these guys also have like experience. I can't speak for their experience, and I won't speak for their experience. All I know is they were like they served yeah. in some fashion. What you can speak of is the rules, <laughs> which are definitely what we'll talk about now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll start with the wound cards because it's how the book presents it. Uh, the wound cards are like your X-wing deck. You have knee misses, stress, and damage. Stress wounds. Yeah, stress wounds. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it is it, it is an interesting mechanic which ties into how how weird the turn structure is ordered and the order phase is ordered because like none of those components are that weird of themselves like we've seen them in other games before but it's just seeing them put together like this it's kind of like uh, what, what what yeah very um Schrodinger's wounds almost because you uh, you have wounds as you are dealing things you get dealt these cards you don't reveal them until you're completed so you can like walk up and shoot the wall and be like ah I've got 50 cards oh I'm dead eh I've done my job so what you can do about it yeah but like it, it ties into the other weirdness that you put units into fire teams but then each miniature in a fire team fire separately so if you have a five guy fire team you each of them can fire at a different target uh, and you, do, you don't target you don't target fire teams you target models in the fire team but then some models in the fire team can have lookout sir mm. and uh, like it's just weird yeah um otherwise the basics of it it's D10s. If you're familiar with Infinity, you might be familiar with this. Um, or even 40k to a lesser extent. You have models. I mean, they they bring up volumetric volumetric um, things, templates, volumetric yeah. templates, which is my favorite thing. Like yeah. you know, if they're 28 millimeters base, they also take up X amount of space, so you can be crouching or prone or doing dynamic actions and not take up like oh, I can see his arm. Yeah, but technically he's not actually leaning out. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think volumetric templates is a good thing from Infinity and more games should adopt it. Because, like, you know, I hate trying to judge if, like, you know, yeah. the head no, of shoot my you guy... The flag can, or... Yeah, yeah. This is sword uh, part of the arm? Like, your guy's doing, like, big stretches. Like, he's doing star jumps. Like, what am I... <laughs> well, some games only say that you shoot shoot the head, the body, and the legs, but it's still annoying to, like, trying to determine if my miniature could see the... Oh, yeah. It's just so much easier. Like, oh, here's the template. Bam. Sort it. Yeah. yeah. So, templates. Um, templates good. Yeah. Line uh, of sight simple. Everyone's got 360 all the time. Everyone's just, like, high on their amphetamines and <laughs> twitchy. Yeah, um, yeah. Their other fancy thing is they've got tactical cards. So, you have a hand of cards. You can play things. There's stuff like... Um, there's, like, a stop card. There's, like, a ignore runes card. Things well, of that it's not, nature. It's not uh, well. The tactical cards are a bit interesting, and we ran into some stuff yesterday with what, during the playtesting, because like yeah, like you said, uh, tactical cards are shit. Like reflip the wound card because like once you get shot, you get a wound card, but you don't turn it over until the entire enemy unit stops shooting. So then you can be like, uh, oh no, my guy got stressed. Oh, oh no, my guy got killed. But. Uh, the Schrodinger wound, uh, the Schrodinger wound uh, effect uh, goes into play with all those reflipping cards. So you can be looking at the card and thinking like, "So, uh, what's gonna happen there?" Well, 
Wait, no, maybe reflips already work only work after you've done it. I think the only thing before you do before flipping is doing the fire team protection where you can shuffle cards around to less important dudes and then they take the chance of getting shot in the face. But wound re wound reflip so yeah, one tactical card allows you to wound reflip. So if your sergeant loses his last wound, most if most if not all models I think only have two wounds and uh, and um uh, out of the 36 card, uh, the wound deck did not, not, only half of them, I think, have wounds on them. The, the rest is stress and near misses. Uh, yeah, it's a d6. Think of a d6. Uh, on a six, it's a near miss. On a three to five, it's a stress card. And on a one and two, it's a wound and a stress card. So you get like yes. one and three chance to get a wound and stress card. 30 in 36 chance to get a near miss card to get I, a I think it's, stress I think it card would be, of some kind. I think it would be 1 to 3 to get wound and stress, uh, 4 to 5 to get stress, and then it's a 6 on a miss. But again, it's a deck. And uh, another thing that comes into it is that either we didn't find it in the book or the book doesn't say is when do you reshuffle the cards back into the deck? Because if you do the board game thing where it's you run a deck until it runs out, you can start counting cards and see like, oh, we've already t taken 18 wounds out of it. Might as well yeah. not shoot anyone because I won't kill it. And then nobody shoots because nobody wants to like, you know, do misses. Though stress does things in this game. Like this isn't like your Warhammer and stuff. Like being shot and yeah. not killed actually matters. Uh, but like, and if it all sounds a bit all over the place, it's because it kind of is all, all over the place when you get into it. But... Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting system. Um, it did my head in, but that's not a fault of the game. <laughs> I, think it's a, I, I think the system wouldn't be that hard if the book was better edited. Or We're going to say every book needs good editing because every book needs better editing. It's just a fact of like games people don't treat them as technical documents they treat them as like one to play aids and at a certain point you have to move past that right? yeah yeah it's one of those like oh this isn't a tournament game it doesn't have to be balanced so uh it's like uh, every game should be balanced as if it's a tournament game and every rule book should be uh given over to guys who like my friend who helps me with uh, playtesting my own damn game who is a wonderful person with a war machine brain who isn't mm. enslaved to the idea that games should be games but the war machine brain helps him to see the gamier combinations on how you do that which is very important if you're if you don't want your game to be game e so you have to get that sort of hostile playtester hostile game editor who has the ability and the inclination to break the game over the leg and and then, uh, uh, like, you know, test it. So, uh, if you'll permit me, as, as you're the host of this episode, I'll try to <laughs> quickly run over on how a turn resolves. Uh, yeah, I guess we can do turn resolution. I'm just going to keep reading through the book. Um, because, yeah, that yeah. will... Oh, turn, turn resolution will make, more, will make the rest of it make sense. Uh, so... The way, this, the way this all goes is that... First, you assign your orders as you would in in, in uh, an X-wing. Yeah, 
I know yeah, the excellent wasn't the first one to use it, but like you assign your orders blind, turned over, and then you make a forward a forward uh, exclamation mark role, which is in any other game would be called an initiative role, and then you alternate activating your units. And uh, once you activate, once you flip over the action card, there's like a brief list of the brief list of phases that you run over so like the first one is the movement phase because some orders well or all, all orders have something to say about what you do on the movement phase it's just you don't you don't always get to move so the first so one of the, the phase is like movement phase then there's the snapfire phase which is this game's uh take on infinity's uh reaction shots because like uh if if an enemy ends movement in your line of sight, your your units can take a snapshot, which is taking each one shot by a miniature. It's it's more complicated than that, but that's but yeah, movement phase, snapshots. Then you do the actions permitted by your order, and that's that. And then it's then it ends and it goes to another unit, unless you want to try and reactivate unit, which immediately gives stress to everyone in the unit and then you can roll under the nerve stat if i remember correct uh, yep. uh, if i remember correctly to reactivate so you immediately get stress and then you see if you can reactivate and if you reactivate you repeat the same order so you don't have the flexibility of the infinity flexibility of just ramboing around doing whatever because if your uh, order was to advance which is the uh, bone simple move twice uh then you can move twice again so like you know be careful with those things um and at the and at the and once everyone's activated their dudes there's the like you know command phase which means that units that have command uh, command miniatures they lose one point of stress and uh, you have rally phase, which is for units that got too much stress and had to be given the rally order, they can lose their fatigue state only by having given the rally order, which makes them waste the turn, basically. Uh, and yeah, and then the turn, and then the next turn comes, and then you do it all, all, all again from the, from the bottom to the top. One interesting thing that works with the turn mechanic, and I don't know if that was intentional and uh, or uh, or unintentional nonsense, is that you have your deck of 16 tactical cards, you draw four, and as the rules say, each player can use one tactical card per turn, which means the whole I activate dudes, you activate dudes. Not one per act unit activation, but one per turn. So if you have your... Uh, clear stress cards and like your uh, wounder flip cards you can only use it once per turn or since games take six turns you can eventually use six cards out of your 16 card deck which as my friend uh, pointed out makes it that you put more cards into the deck not because you're going to use more of them but because you want to get bigger chances of drawing the ones you want and uh, then use them was it was it like that in your playtests? Um, yeah, the cards seemed really swingy. Yeah, just like being able to clear stress or just like re-rolls or extra attacks. Were like, yeah, you want these cards all the time. 
I mean, I mean, it's weird because there are so many cards, but their use is so limited because you can only use it like once per turn, and it's like, uh, not all of them are like you know equally powerful. Like it, it helps like the reactivation card that you don't get uh, stress for doing it. Well, that's nice because stress is bad, and because each point of stress penalizes every roll uh, every roll you you make uh which is also like shooting initiative stuff like that uh but yeah the card mechanics is weird but then again what isn't uh well i mean going back to fourth and fourth it had its random cards and those cards were either like as we saw either game turning like oh your entire force can't move until the end of next turn Haha! I'm just going to sit here and run the timer out because why should I put my guys in danger? This doesn't unless, work out. Unless you are the guy playing like, you know, uh, the Marines in, uh, up in, in, in contract or trouble and you have to, and you have six turns to escort some guys off the table and then you're spending two turns not doing anything. So which is like, ooh, bad feel, bad feel. And, and, that, and it's, not so, it's not something you can do anything about because those... Fog of War cards would have been activated by dice rolls. Well, these sort of oopsie-poopsie cards don't exist in this game because, like, you know, the tactical cards, you draw them, you use them. And while stop card exists, which which cancels out enemy card use, but you've used the stop card, you can't use your own card during the turn, so that's like... Yeah, the once per turn thing we may have missed in our playtesting or playing of the game... I mean, we started out. We started out without seeing it, but then we read through the rules again, and we were like, "Oh, oh!" And then, why does Light Mortar card have four uses? Because you, because like uh, you are unlikely to use it that much. Then, like you know, because if you can only main cards in the deck, like like you you can jam four command order cards, which are necessary. you have cards for activating other cards, which is like command orders, but you need a command order tactical card to activate. And some of them have multiple uses, like Light Mortar. So one of the things we did in playtesting is I said like that the British player should take more um, Mortar cards and see yeah. what happens. But then we found out that you can't really actually use them like that. So it was like, <laughs> uh, wow, uh, good fun, good fun. Uh, so yeah, that's the, uh, so that's the, uh, that's kind of how phase. turn works. <laughs> yeah, that's how a turn works. And that's basically it because the, uh, the rest of it is somewhat mundane because like, Hey, you shoot. Uh, yeah, you select a model, you select a target, you see if you have any modifiers, which interestingly enough, you don't get modifiers for being in cover. But you get a modifier for not being in cover, which is an interesting twist uh, for for the uh, for the game because I guess you assume that most of the people will be in cover most of the time. Um, you shoot at them. Uh, the player getting shot at does nothing. It takes a wound card, and then he they they do flipping cards and all of well, that. Well, I had a chance to uh, ARO before the other person completed their action. I guess uh, they can do what now? Oh, the snap fire. Sorry. Oh yeah, snapfire snap after goes off before they. Yeah. I mean, uh, snapfire, snapfire, and Overwatch is probably one of the more interesting uh, 
things you have over infinity in this because in infinity unless you're facing someone who is very likely to shoot you dead if they if you shoot at them uh it's a riskless thing to take reaction shots because hey you 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 don't lose anything for taking reaction shots you're just shooting at them but in this game uh you gain stress and stress as i mentioned is uh bad for your rolls and if you collect enough stress to match the character's stress mark which is on most dudes i think all of the starter dudes is like stress four it doesn't take too long between activations and reactivations to accrue that much stress to go and then lose a turn or two so uh so yeah so you have to consider what you want to do whether you want to uh take your chances with getting shot at or if you want to take stress yeah i think the um assassin's best nerves have five stress and two health but that's not significant enough to be like wow i mean it's it's one more stress than the regular guys but everyone else has like two wounds um so we got modifiers it's probably the thing else i want to talk about because modifiers don't make sense to me at all (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you, you go so, first. Uh, yeah, so like you've got your uh, character card. Yeah, you've got your uh, your initiative value, which is your um, you do your checks and your forward roll. You've got your nerve, which is your guts checks to reactivate and such. Um, those are roll under, equal to or under. So looking at the default UKPF trooper, um, he wants a seven on his initiative and a six on his nerve. Uh, he's shooting is a five a six or better and his close quarters is a five or better so you need to roll a six or better to hit someone okay why would i want a plus one to shoot am i modifying the dice i'm modifying his target number it doesn't uh, you i think it says that you are modifying target number in this game which i appreciate i hate modifiers that are done after dice rolls but the fact that you have half the stats that go one way and half the stats that go the other way is uh, not great. Yeah, and it's got natural ones always fail, shoot or CQB tests, and natural ones always succeed initiative or nerve checks. So it's like sometimes a one is great and sometimes a one is bad, but it's just, yeah, it's, an in- it's a weird inconsistency I didn't understand why they chose it to be that way. Like, I understand yeah. you want to use the entire dice, and sometimes the dice will be good, and sometimes the dice will be bad. But in practice, it feels very stilted and like, so I want to roll low. It's like, oh, roll the dice and work it out. <laughs> I mean, there is no intrinsic mechanical reason why you would do this, because, like, uh, I oh, guess that, you can ex- see... They explain it. They want to use the entirety of the dice all the time. No, that that's bad. Stop, stop. Yeah, doing that. yeah. There's a big green checkbox on page, on pages, page six. We wanted, so I quote: "We wanted all results on the dice to be relevant, not just high numbers. That's why lower numbers are better for checks, and high numbers are better for tests." But that's basically the same thing. You just inverted it. It's like yeah, you did, like you didn't do anything creative with the die. Like if you had, uh, I don't know, apocalypse world success bounds or fail bounds like that, that would make sense. That's your that's using all parts of the buffalo. 
but you just mm. inverted the die scale and used a crit a crit fail to be on one and a ten, and then I get confused. Uh, I mean, I, I'm avoiding this in the game I'm making, which I guess will <laughs> sounds tiresome already. But like, it only it only exists in the armor penetration rolls for everyone. But that's the only that, that's the only dice roll where you have to do the other way around. All the other stats are uh, roll under. Same with, same with Infinity. Like all the stats are usually roll roll under, and only armor saves are roll over. And it's already annoying and confusing in Infinity. Yeah. Uh, and Infinity has a lot more stats in this game because what Cassa read, it's like, yeah, that's basically all the rollable stats the characters have. Initiative, Guts, CQB, and shootings. Yeah. And well, what else they have? They have their movement stat, which is like five inches. You don't really do much. Yeah, I don't think it. anyone has significantly more or less than five inches. Uh, uh, you put your health value... The Russian uh, machine gun guy has four inches, so that's yeah, it. but like that's not, I know, like yeah. he's not like a movement eight all of a sudden. Yeah, um, yeah. So also uh, gun range is on there, which is really nice. Um, I mean, yeah, that's one of the better things that come from Infinity is having gun ranges and then, uh, like you know, uh, modifiers based on gun ranges and interesting stuff like you can't fire an under like under battle grenade launcher if you look into its stats it doesn't have a range of zero to six because there's an arming range on, on you know, those underbalanced grenades and you don't shoot them point blank, even if you are an idiot and you'd want to. What's a 40 millimeter going to do to someone's head? Nothing, apparently. It's going to bounce right off them. <laughs> I mean, you could make it as <laughs> like, well, you can shoot it at someone and as a critical maybe hit because yeah. criticals are basically mortal wounds in this game. But it's going like, to stress. Yeah, uh, but so yeah, like there aren't that too many stats, and just going to you, we're going to use all parts of the dice. Like you're not killing the dice; it's not you don't need to use every part of the buffalo. It's the, the dice will still be there after you rolled it. You don't have to feel bad about the waste. Uh, it just adds unnecessary complications in a game where I'm already fighting the rule book to extract the understanding of what I need to do in here. Um. Yeah, and it just feels like it's a choice they've made and they've reasoned it out, but I don't feel like the reason they've come up with justifies the choice that they've made. Like, it's yeah. okay. I guess you want, like, a number to always be, like, a foul number. Yeah, 10% of the time, my guys are always shit. But, but also, like... <laughs> I mean, it did play out in playtesting because uh, my guys missed a lot. And like when you're rolling on a D10, every modifier counts more than it does on a D20 and stuff. On the other hand, Infinity cheats, and with all modifiers being either plus three or minus three, is essentially a D6 roll on a D20. But uh, it does matter a lot more. So like if you have your, uh, I don't have the motor rifleman uh, stats handy. But if they begin at uh, shoot five or shoot six or something, it's easy. It's very easy via stress and other um, things to get, stack it, stack it to the spot where also your your rolling tends to hit, and you don't hit that often. And <clears throat> yeah, rerolls don't. Oh, sorry. Yeah, rerolls aren't that plentiful in this game. No. Um, so a modifier, you're modifying the character's trait. So a plus one to hit means that you now need a 7 plus on the dice. 
Yeah. So that's. Yeah, that's 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 another thing. It's confusing to the players and it's confusing to you as the game designer because you have to always remember which stat you are modifying and is apply uh, and then and then under that circumstances whether a plus or a minus is a good thing. So like you know, we all know Games Workshop. Even companies with forty years of experience and all the million monies in the world uh, can't can't write rules. So if you are a small games designer, you don't want to put artificial limitations on yourself or an artificial difficulty that makes it harder for you to produce a good rules, a good tight rule set for no reason other than that you wanted to use the entire tie. Yeah, and like it's fine to say like we want to use a D10. D10s are more exciting, more range, more choices. The plus one minus one modifiers becomes, you know, basically doing 10%. That's an easy math to work out in your head. Um, yeah. The range modifiers don't make any sense. If you've got a cautious target, if your target's taken the cautious order and they're hiding, you've got a minus two action modifier. It's now easier to shoot a guy who's being cautious. But maybe... If, no, no, if you're under stress, it's a minus one per point of stress. And I've got four stress. I'm Rambo. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you know what the intention is most of these cases, but when they write it, when they write it down, it becomes kind of nonsense and stuff. And so we eventually played with the, with that with with like we didn't even uh, look at the plus or minus that much to like you know match it with the stats. We think like oh, so in this case they wanted it to get better or worse. Yeah. And uh, so we played it that way. So, but it's just, we didn't do that reading where you go like exactly rules as written and then like let nonsense happen. But I guess you need to have people like that around who would say like, no, what you wrote is nonsense and nobody knows what you, what rules are in, as intended are. Yeah. And, I, don't, I don't think the game is nonsense. I think that's just a choice they've written out. My brain yeah, I mean, is bouncing yeah. against... And I, I might be reading it wrong. I read rules wrong all the time. Ask any of my routine opponents through it's like that fucking that fucking cast is always cheating. Like I just don't know, man. Like words are hard. And, uh, it's a difficulty for me because I'm very stressful stressful when playing new games or just when playing Infinity because I I would break out into hives if I could over worrying whether I'm getting the rules right. Because what I want to be doing is to win or lose the game uh over me being good or bad at applying tactics and like shooting shit i want i don't want to get get gain an advantage or or lose because i don't i forgot the rule or something like yeah i forgot that's the why bonus to my last modifier like oops i would have hit you you would have been dead i would have made it but that's a shit way uh, to deal about like losing a game or winning a game yeah and there's a lot of stuff like that for example you have covering fire which is like Sort of infinity, sort of infinity fire team bonus where you only have one guy shooting, but the other guys are giving bonuses. So for shooting, every guy that's within two inches of your main guy is giving them a bonus, and who sees the same target gives them a bonus, which is nice. You can't hide four guys and then one guy fire as if he has four guys with them. You have to risk a guys, which is a great thing. Yeah. Like, you can't you can't just telescope a sacrificial pawn and then the rest of them are like going behind the going behind like <laughs> got, you know he's got this you go guy you go you shoot him and, and suddenly they become a much better shot uh, 
but so that's like you have to have two guys within two inches of that dude to get that bonus and seeing the enemy but when you're shooting at unit that does covering fire you get a minus one for every dude uh, that you see so if you see the five guy unit you get um, a, a five penalty to shooting no no Pretty matter dark. if they have if, if even if they even if they don't have the uh two inches uh, coherency with the point man yeah uh, which is another interesting thing in this game is that coherency is four inches but if you have a command model in the unit you measure coherency from the command model, which makes it worse because because then you can't daisy chain your guys. You have to all of them, all of them have to be within range of a command model. So it's that like makes command models less obviously useful and powerful. Because as we mentioned before, command models, units with command models dump one stress automatically at the end of the turn, which is great, powerful. Uh, they are, and if you have like good command models like sergeants, they use unmodified. They, they don't modify guts nerve for guts roll, so like they can reactivate easier. Um, yeah. But like there's there's always like edge cases and like weird thing that you can find in this game. But uh, like my point for is example, that you're modifying the target number, right? Yeah. So if, if I need a five or better to shoot you, and I'm at yeah. minus five. I am now at one plus to hit you. This is the way the game says to do this. Which yeah, isn't right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, sh they, they should have just made it one way. Either you roll over and you roll under, and then they wouldn't get confused, and then they wouldn't confuse us, poor innocent gamers. Uh, because like I said, this game has a lot of interesting things going. Like the yeah. orders, the order system, which gives you a move and an action, but like, in, but on, uh, which is uh, more constrained than what you have in Infinity. But um, it makes me think of Force on Force, which it's like nineteen kinds of orders and no real way to track like which ones you've done. The um the dial is a really like I'm not going to say it's it is elegant. It is elegant. Like here is a thing. Let's go to a cool little tab. Um, put down these guys yeah. are doing this. Bam. Surprise! Like, there's that cool like counterplay of like, I think you're gonna run forward. I'll be a covering fire. Or I'll be forward. Um, but then There's we run on. Like, yeah. the, I, I like the dial. I like the dial in X-wing. I like the dial in the World War One game that inspired X-wing. Uh, even when Rune Wars came out and died in that brief moment where it lived, I liked that it was like, oh, it's a Warhammer Fantasy, but with dials, and I'm like, that's great. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I like games that make it that you don't have perfect command and control over your units, so those dials like give you four planning, and you can just modify shit along the way. So that's great. And the others are, and the orders I feel provide the interesting variety of things, like uh, the, like the covering fire thing, where you yeah. don't shoot with everyone, but you make it, but you give one guy better odds of shooting stuff. So I made a Russian fire team that was DMG dude and two riflemen supporting him, so it <laughs> makes it yeah. easier for the MG guy to hit things. But then you get into those goddamn modifiers, because for the MG guy, um, what does MG guy doing covering fire have to look into? He has to look into the fact that his machine gun is full auto, which is basically a, a Russian special rule that makes all of them worse at shooting. Uh, 
Then he also has to look into the thing that he's doing covering fire, which means that any of his buddies within two inches shooting at the enemy who see the enemy add to add to his bonus to shoot. So that so if you have one guy around you, that cancels out full auto. But then you look into the suppressive fire keyword, which means that you get a better modifier when you're doing covering fire. Uh, so eventually you get confused, you just decide like, yeah, eventually I need this. So, look, if, we'll we'll look into the rule if uh, if the dice roll comes too close to the stat, and then we'll see. Well, like they could have made it easy. It could could have made it easier. And then you have such order weirdness as Snapfire and Overwatch orders because you usually you you can you can you can Snapfire with the unit that has a regular order. They only just get stress from doing it. But Overwatch allows you to Snapfire without stress. And you can reveal the order during your snapfire attempt to see, haha, uh, I don't get stressed, I'm just snapfiring like a pro. But what happens during the activation? What happens to the unit that already revealed the uh, Overwatch order? Does it mean that they get to stand in place and do nothing because they already revealed their order? Can, can they move? Uh, like, are they now just stuck on Overwatch doing nothing else for forever? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, like, because like the Overwatch order by itself is interesting. It allows you to move and it allows you to snap fire. I think, like me and me and the other guy, we couldn't agree with it. Does it allow you to do a snap fire on your turn, like move and shoot, and then go out on Overwatch to stresslessly snap fire at other dudes once they come into range? Or does it not allow you to do that? So uh, definitely needs a hostile editor to go over it, to look at the things and say, this is bad, rectify this, uh, stop using every part of the die, nobody asks for that. Um, <sighs> yeah. Um, well, with that, rules out of the way, let's talk about um, army building. Uh, army building is actually kind of... It's interesting. It's honestly interesting. Um, I like the tarot system they use for characters. Uh, every like picture card has like you know overall theater of commands, like actual like sort of almost like sectorals in infinity. Like you have NATO and you have UKPF or SAS, which implies to me that maybe we'll have non-UK forces at some point or non-Russian forces at some point. Yeah, because like like uh, if you look at their website and you go, I can't because Chrome is glitching out and not not going up uh you will have you will have partisans and americans maybe i i don't remember but like uh on the unit card you have keywords so like uh, as casa mentioned a british rifleman will have nato ukpf trooper regular some of those keywords like trooper and regular mean jack shit but uh if you look at, say, a British sergeant, he has command and sergeant, which does something. And if you look at the medic, he has specialist and medic, which also do something. Which, uh, like, I know you said you like the system, but in game, it was immediate. What immediately was obvious for me is that, like, you have to keep all of those keywords in mind, and they do different things. Uh, maybe not at the not at the same time, but. When I made play aids for Tabletop Simulator, I just cut cut out all the uh, keywords that exist in in the armies that we build and just pasted them on a sheet because it all matters. 
So, for yeah, example, if you if you have a like UKPF uh, fire team, you have to think about the uh, NATO bonus, which I don't remember at this point. You have to think about a UKPF bonus, which well, uh, I guess I guess it makes it easier because these like subfaction bonuses only apply at the start of the turn, which means that UKPF troop UKPF army always gets to choose the board edge to deploy on, unless you're playing against another army that can do the same. Uh, then you roll off. Command means that he has like the whole. Uh, uh, weird coherency thing as well as the command rally thing at the end of the phase and something else i guess and they can and then, be your force commanders and they get cool yeah. hammers or like capes but you know <laughs> and then sergeant also has its own bonus like you know uh not uh, i mean rolling under unmodified tests and that goes for everything oh and aside from that you also have force construction bonuses to keep in mind. Some of them only work in team, in, in army building. Some of them work in the game. But uh, so yeah, it's sometimes I feel it's a lot to track. It's a lot to track, especially since the damn living rule book doesn't have. It's not searchable. You can't search the PDF for uh, stuff that's missing. Which, for a game inspired by Infinity, is extremely weird and bizarre. Because if there is one game that just gives you everything from the get-go is infinity because they have their own their rule book their army builder and the and the uh, and their wiki that's linked to the damn army builder so you can basically click on anything and find all the explanations and i like and i'm like fine uh these are small developers they're making their game they're just yeah three australians that yeah three australians that had to like you know uh i don't know collect their foster cans for recycling to get their starting funds for the company or something. So you sure. can't expect them to be as proficient at it as some Spanish viables who's been doing their space anime game forever. But like there are stuff uh, with quality of life that they could have done better. And I feel like the keyword thing might be overwhelming at some point. Yeah, and there's not much... Oh, none of the card, like none of the tactical cards benefit from it. None of the thing says like there is a command card, which you need to have a commander to have them in your deck. But there's no reason not to bring a commander along because you get those cards. You need to have a commander to do all the like recon rolls and stuff, after initiative yeah. rolls. Um, but all the other tags like captain and corporal do work into like list building or the UKPF. Oh. You need to have a corporal, sergeant, and three guys to make a squad, or four guys to make a squad. No, 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 no. The, the uh thing with and that's getting into fun part of army building like uh le let me give you an example that i pinged on even before playing the game and you already know what i'm talking about the uh bonus for motor rifle brigades is that if you have a commissar and uh, three rifle dudes in a fire team uh you get the chance to once per game re-roll your reactivation roll uh, yeah that not, sounds not really cool not 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 re-roll entirely, but only if you get a nine or a ten, which is bad oh, when it comes to guts roll. So th that's a one per game bonus. Uh, what bonus does the UKPF uh, get? Well, if you construct a squad of three rifle dudes, like squaddies, and uh, either a sergeant and a corporal, you get the free under barrel grenade launcher. So what 
my playtesting British team was uh, was built around the idea of having free fire teams that get a free underbalanced grenade launcher each, which is 18 points of free upgrades. Yeah, and then you can say like, oh, JC, but doesn't mean that you're taking boys before toys. And I say, no, because in the quote-unquote balanced game, you only get free fire teams and units and miniatures don't run around on side fire teams. So you essentially hard locked into having free units per side, which is an interesting choice for a game. You don't really, you don't usually see it like having like free distinct units per side in any game. Uh, and then... So you're so already you're limited in choices and like this is 18 points of free gear you can put on guys and I think those grenade launchers even if they're limited too that's like still 12 grenade launcher shots you're getting and grenade launchers do blast damage and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah especially a once per game 20% chance to use an ability like, I'll I'll take yeah how how many commissars am I going to take and stuff because like I mean there is some interesting, exciting implications and stuff because, like, uh, what the British have are sergeants, which are full command models, like you would expect to have in any other force. But they also have corporals, which are basically riflemen with the command word tacked onto them, which allows them to, which al which makes them count for certain command abilities like dumping stress. Uh, the uh, Motor Rifle Brigades don't get Corporals, they get Commissars, um, which fulfill a similar role, but they're armed with pistols, so they're immediately worse off in an actual shooting combat. They're only better for activating and reactivating, which is where the funny part of my playtesting goes, because the first casualty of the game was my Commissar. Ooh, that's I, I, well, I activated the unit, and I wanted to reactivate it. Uh, commissars always always uh, do reactivations on uh, i think or on an unmodified nerf of 8 so that's 8 or under and they uh, and if you construct if you have that army building bonus you can reroll nines or tens guess what happened you reroll twice i uh, yeah i uh, i rolled a 9 and i was like hey i can reroll that i rolled 9 again so what happens when a commissar fares, fails that reactivation roll? Well, they get the old 40k thing of when a commissar fails to motivate stuff, they die. So yeah. either she shot herself out of the, the uh, out of despondence and being like, "Come on, guys, let's move." No, and she's like, "Okay, guess I'll die." Boom, nine millimeter to the brain. Or the guy shot her for trying the for trying to make the move twice. So uh, yeah. Uh, it was an interesting way. And I generally like when shit like that happens because you could say like, oh, it's bad and stuff. But I like dumb nonsense. Uh, I, I like it when games sometimes go to places you never expected and something dumb happens. Like, for example, why, that's why I like games that allow you to jump spots and for dudes to fail jumps and die. <laughs> Because, like, one of my favorite uh, Heralds of Ruin experience, that's, like, ancient uh, fan-made kill team, was one of my, one of my units, a uh, unit of veteran Imperial Guardsmen, like, sitting on a sniper perch, missing every shot, and then deciding to go forth, and then the sniper killed himself by falling. Like, I mean, <laughs> love it. But, like, 
yeah, army building could do more balance. Yeah, the abilities are really, um, really not thought through in a game that's like, like once per game rerolling isn't as good as Heroes Free Ship. Um, especially in a game where your maximum squad size is three fire teams. Their recommendation yeah, is three fire teams. Two to five guys, two to five models per fire team. Uh, all the models got to have the same formation keyword, so that's like um, UKPF. UKPF or, yeah, or yeah, so you can't MLB. mix SAS and the yeah. uh, PF and uh, the, a single fire team, but you can have them in the same uh, army yeah. squad. Uh, and then one command model per fire team. So you're, you're kind of encouraged to bring like a corporal for each fire team and a sergeant overall. Or like, but I don't know yeah. why you would, because a corporal does what a sergeant does and also has like a free rifle <laughs> in comparison. I mean, uh, well, the rifleman, is, the, the corporal is rifleman, is a jumped up rifleman, but uh, he doesn't get the CQC weapon, which. Well, there's a rifleman. Yeah, like what the, the interesting part in this game, if you get attacked in melee and you don't have a CQC weapon, you can only run away. You can't fight back. Because oh, he's got a what, knife! Because what we know of uh, professional trained soldiers is when they're attacked with a knife and they're unarmed, they are immediately powerless and paralyzed and they have no recourse to do it. That's what they do in the army. If you're unarmed, run away. Lost a knife, mm -hmm. run away. Die. I don't know. So. Uh, for the Soviets, I went to Soviets. You know what we're playing. You know what the devs meant. Uh, for the Soviets, I made a special bully squad, which is basically the sergeant who has a gun, and every other guy had gets a knife. So if I had if I had played successfully and run into any of the UK squads, most of the dudes uh, would have been just bullied into submission. I would have taken their lunch money. Yeah. And you can bounce them back and forth between you guys, so they got to back away from whoever hit them. Yeah. And they can back into someone else who has a knife, and it's like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. How, how does it feel to get stabbed now, you British person, man? Not only for the British stabbing. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that, that 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 is a bit interesting, and that ties into one other thing I I, I guess talked to you about, and I guess you disagree it is that. It's very weird how you take this modern military five minutes into the future game and your riflemen and other professional forces just have a gun and nothing else. Light body armor, that's an upgrade. Knife, that's an upgrade. Grenades, that's an upgrade. Yeah, lasers, ACOBs, other sides, that's an upgrade. So stuff you'd expect people to have standards are upgrades and your professional dudes at the start of well, the game... Well, there was some sort of terrorist incident. So maybe the supply lines are a bit slowed down. Yeah, maybe Evergreen uh, crashed again and the worldwide supply of the laser sites uh, went down. But another thing, I guess, is what we haven't talked about is upgrades. Because like you don't do upgrades in Infinity. You take a stat line and you go with it. But this game has... Uh, uh, guns have tags which is basically SMG or automatic rifle, and then it has upgrade capacity. So, like, if you're playing the good guys, British, your each rifle can be upgraded twice, and if you're playing the bad, stinky Russian Soviets, each gun can be upgraded once. And that's where you find stuff like ACOGs, uh, foregrips, and stuff. And, and they'll cost the same amount. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, and most of them cost the same. And then you get like the Russian special fire selector because in 2025 or something, the Russians haven't given fire selectors to their AKs, which is basic. And the fire selector only exists so you could uh, uh, lose one you lose one uh, ROF to discard the uh, full auto penalty. Like you can choose. So if you have. So if you're if you're going for the perfect shot, if you don't have stress and they're not in cover, you can go with full four uh, four rounds of fire. But if you're gaining stress, you probably might want to lose that one ROF to to you know be more accurate. And another thing that me and my friend uh, came up with, like so when you're doing snap fire, your rate of fire is one. If you use the fire selector. To drop your rate of fire from four to three or something, I don't know. Can, can you basically use the fire selector on snap fire to not invoke the full auto, full auto penalty? We don't know, and neither does the rule book. Uh, and you know one 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 other thing that the rule book doesn't know what, what a reroll one keyword is. Right. Because at uh, the end of because at the end of the book you have the keywords for stuff. Yeah, glossary. What? Like a glossary keyword tag, yeah. Yeah, so the end of the book has uh, the whole summary of keywords and uh, reroll keyword doesn't exist, which is sad because I had given uh, the uh, Soviet Soviet uh, MG gunner the laser to get better at shooting rerolls and stuff when we didn't know how it worked. Maybe it's like um, you can reroll once rather than you can reroll three or four times. Like most yeah, games, they can't reroll a reroll, but but you see, that's the question: Does reroll one mean that I can reroll one dice of the attack, or does it mean that I can reroll the one result on a dice, which is a fail and stuff? So like, like, mm, yeah, 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 not great. And that's um, and that's a yeah. There you go. And that's the other thing, I guess, with the. Uh, uh, with the upgrades and keywords is that uh, well they need some balancing and the upgrade cards just like the stat cards for your units aren't free assets yeah they're all physical cards from the kickstarter box you had to get had to put the game already because you're not going to be able to play it otherwise well you get those cards in the uh, starter box if you buy it and stuff and you get unit cards specifically in the boxes that you buy of the like unit miniatures and stuff, but uh, uh, what had you uncovered on the website about uh, downloadable contents of the stuff? Yeah, so the special cards are all in a YouTube video. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yes, that is funny, but another thing is that don't they say on the website something about giving you everything you need to play for free? Yeah, they they mentioned that. Yeah, they mentioned that. Well, and uh, what can what can't you get for free? Everything you need to play the game. It seems like. Yeah, because on the download section, on the download section, you are not getting the uh, unit stat cards, which you definitely need. You are not getting the upgrades, which like fair, you can possibly run an army naked, but you don't wanna. And you don't get the uh, like command order cards uh, for to slot into the tactical cards because sure the living rulebook says how many of what 
tactical cards would be in the deck and uh, it has the explanation for the five regular tactical decks but if you tactical cards would have but the command orders you best have bought the box so yeah it's feels bad when your living rulebook doesn't have everything you need to play and the website that explicitly says that you get everything you need to play for free doesn't yeah and like it's it's okay you want people to give you money like that's the whole point of why anyone's in these jobs but you could you could tell us that i'd buy the pdf of it like yeah yeah that's right i don't think you can even buy a pdf of the cards which would be like uh very useful for people like us who are half the world away and have to play over a tabletop simulator so uh uh yeah i i had to do a lot of cutting and pasting <laughs> from pdfs into uh paintnet and then uh, putting them all on imager and then putting it into uh custom card assets in the game like if you go to the blog post that's associated with this episode you'll be able to see <laughs> the quality of the play aids i had made <laughs> But now you've got those play aids for all the future games of Delta One Zero you'll be playing. Speaking of, how do you find this is an excuse to buy cool um, Future War minis? Like, do you reckon? Like, I mean, the minis they sell are pretty good. Oh, they're decent quality. Um, I can get them in person. They're fine. Yeah, I'm, I would. The only thing I did. I mean, they're okay miniatures for what they're trying to do. Like, you know, they're recognizably Russian, and if they painted the British well better, they could probably be recognizably British. Uh, but, like, they really want you to buy them because that's the only way to get the stat cards for your units. Otherwise, it would be a good reason to buy into Russian Ariadne from Infinity. Yeah, or um, Chasseurs, I think is the other one, not Chasseurs. Well, the French are basically dead at this point, but they had a few nice sculpts. Uh, it will also be a good reason to get some of those Spectre miniatures, miniatures, or... No, Spectre's tiny. Spectre's, like, so small. It's almost 25 millimeter at this point. Caledonians, no, the... that's it. The what now? Caledonians. The um, SAS yeah. guys. And yeah, I mean, the spots. Infinity SAS guys, I think, are excellent, especially with, with their low-tech feel. Uh... It, I, the game says that you can play it at smaller smaller scales and just increase the ranges, which uh, we didn't mention it, but the weapon ranges go out to 72 inches when the recommended board is 3 by 3 fit, which is like as ambitious as having those 180-inch ranges on on uh, basilisks, I think, in, <laughs> in 40k. So yeah. Um... And uh, as far as buying miniatures is like the Bonza game miniatures are in metal, which is not which I hate metal, but none of the other miniatures you can buy for the game come in plastic. So yeah, and the metal them are getting more expensive as time goes on because of realities of the world we live in. Yeah, metal is just disgusting, hard to work with, and I hate it uh, with all my heart. But Infinity is metal, and Spectre is metal, and uh, if you went for smaller scales, Empress Miniatures or whoever does Moderns uh, also uh, also are metal. Uh, 
<laughs> I guess you could go crazy if you have access to miniatures and use eighty forty three miniatures for it because like yeah or like there's a bunch of uh, more and more modern sculpts coming up every every day like uh there's, there's a big push for like near future post apocalyptic stuff like it's, uh the stalker the zona alpha is yeah, encouraging yeah. that a lot um people seem excited about that game um, and they just push another Kickstarter out for like you know eight new guys in metal so. So yeah, I, the general miniatures of the game can be sometimes hit and miss. I don't think I like the, I don't think I enjoy the uh, the SAS guys uh, they're selling. But in gen, okay, um, the other factions would be LE partisans, which are I don't know what they are, and the rest is UCOM, which is I guess the speculative NATO but just Europe faction. But they don't have anything on those yet. Uh, only a entry on the uh, entry entry on the on the on the store. But like generally, I, I I think the miniatures are okay, especially if you want near future or present day Russians because they look uh, near future, present day Russianly. They even have yeah, those, um... they even have those face visor helmets that every every first person shooter likes. And they're also cheap, like six guys for sixty bucks is a steal at contemporary prices. Like if Vindy's pushing twenty five bucks a model nowadays, Warhammer is its own nightmare. Yeah, yeah, like oh, so the so yeah, the miniatures are bad. Thing guys for army, which is fine. Yeah, sorry. I mean, the miniatures are fine except for the sexy lady commissar, which I'm sure is such a choice. It's doing a the infinity, doing the infinity thing of backporting some sort of pull. Uh, some sort of pop culture character into the game, which with her, I think she might be one of the villain Bond ladies from one of the Pierce Brosnan movies, maybe? Question mark? I don't know. Yeah, well, evil Russian lady in cool coat. I mean, do it. I mean, it is a bit silly, though. Yeah. Granted, <laughs> I'm an Infinity. I'm an Infinity player, so I don't know if I can fault anyone for doing some dumb cheesecake or just a weird miniature concept. But if you're doing cheesecake, everyone should get a slice. And where are my sexy SES guys with the harnesses really bringing up the butt? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair. Uh, what yeah. this game doesn't have, what this game lacks when compared to Infinity is a wide variety of asses of all genders. Uh, yeah, so yeah, they have, yeah, they have uh, other guys in the pipeline. Uh, so, as an excuse to buy miniatures, it's good. It's also a good excuse to use miniatures you already have. I mean, it, it's nonsense five minutes into the future. You can basically get away with any with yeah. anything you have on, on hand. Um, Unless you're very particular about the fact that the British are using bullpup rifles and your future British don't, so. Ah, uh, this is a conversion, surely? Uh, you know, whenever it comes to metal and conversions, I become really skittish, <laughs> I guess. But because metal That's... conversions, more than anything, requires you to be really good at green stuff, and I am um, very much no. not. I just like building things that are already assembled. All right, let's do a couple of sandwiches. What's something that you liked about this game? Um, I'm going to go with ah uh, shit. I can go first. Orders, orders. I think I'll go with orders because I like the I like the limited. I, I like the games that 
say that you can do this, this, or that, that have a clearly laid out palette of things you can choose from. And the whole secret giving orders before you know what's going to happen thing. And I like that there's a wide variety of orders that maybe riff or improve on things we've already seen in Infinity and similar games. Like, uh, so, yeah, I, I generally like the whole concept and of the order system. Yeah, I'm going to say the, um, the wound cards are exciting. Someone can't just roll 12 sixes in a row and make you feel completely useless. Like, no, you're going to take, there is going to be a point where I hurt you, God. <laughs> uh, I, I like the wound cards that they only get flipped not after the, an individual model g g finishes shooting, but once a unit sh stops shooting. And that you don't immediately know that you succeeded and stuff. So you can't say, oh... One guy, one guy shoots that guy, the other guy shoots that guy, the other guy shoots that guy, because you don't know the results yet, so you can't optimize yeah. it. And I like it every time where you have to make choices in the game that cost you something. Like, I like it in card games, I like, like, tra like trade-offs and everything. I hate obvious choices, I hate right choices, I hate games that have trap choices. And, like, Wound Cards feels like one of those things where you... You have to risk it for the biscuit. Yeah, I'm much feel clearer about like once the action's done, reshuffle all the cards. If the cards are depleted, like there's some parity that should be added there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's probably my thing I didn't like is the game needs to think about what it wants its modifiers to do because at present, all the shooting modifiers make you more likely to hit someone. Oh no, I'm so stressed, he says, doming fools from 400 meters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, this and this and the, so as not to waste my choice that I have things I don't like <laughs> is uh, this and editing, I guess, something that needs to be really done with the thing. Somebody needs to really to take a weed whacker to the rules and like examine everything and to just schwack the, the, the dice system out of it. Yeah. They're going to make a bigger card about us and the, the free space will be higher in editor and that's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, What's your like? Thing, or a thing that I don't like is like... Well, well, you probably mentioned the largest actual thing and maybe I'm forgetting something because now I'm torn between saying that I think the setting is dumb and that I don't like the idea of your of your professionally trained troopers like going into the field with a with a rifle and nothing else like they were a militant somewhere yeah it I, feels I, I very like things want to be worse than what they've stated them as they say that all of western Europe is too busy dealing with this cri um, refugee political crisis so I mean, the UK can stand up to Russia's resurgence as a new common turn or whatever. But like, okay, so no one has a full group. Grenade launchers aren't standard part of the TOE for the British forces. I mean, maybe they aren't. Feels I mean, weird. I mean, post-Brexit, I could believe that the British <laughs> army would find itself lacking knives and stuff because, like, I don't know what will have to be get, get salvaged or, or lost, but, like, I mean, you did a comment when we were chatting about it that it's like a setting assumption, like how you can't really complain too much that nobody has frags in Infinity. 
Yeah. But like it just leaves a bad f bad feeling there, and I guess I want to complain it about that more than I do complaining about upgrades in general or keyword abundance. Yeah, like it just feels strange that like the standard issue element for like your high tier SES guy is a carbine, a pistol, and some smoke grenades and a gas mask. And if you want to, you could give him a knife. Ooh, like, shouldn't you have a knife? Isn't that like... I don't, yeah, wait. it just feels very... Wait, 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 wait. Does SAS not get knives? No, an SAS trooper looking at the book. Uh, has, he has a carbine, a 9mm pistol, pistol, smoke grenades times two, and a gas mask. He may replace his CQB weapon with a combat knife and save two points. That's what I did in army building. I replaced the sergeant's uh, 9mm pistol with the heli pistol to save some ammo to give guys armor. Which, 2025, nobody has armor by default. What the hell? Uh, but I guess I guess, I guess, guess the SAS trooper doesn't need a knife because 9mm pistol does basically the same thing, but also range. Quite the solid snake thing of like pistol and knife and be like, haha, I am. Yeah, I'm Jack boss. Yeah. Or, or yes, yes, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, which is uh, the most uh, knife and pistol game of all time. Mm. And it's also the um, you can buy like what is it, a tactical headset, which gives you basically the veteran tags. So your coherency is infinite, and your guys can be all over the board doing their own thing. Sort of. Yeah, and it's like okay. <laughs> I bought my guy a radio because it's the future and that's the choice I have to make and also I think my friend remarked that some of the like upgrades just add keywords that could have been a combination of other keywords like uh, like throne is indirect and AOE that's it that's what it does it gives you indirect and AOE so like why just not why not have indirect and AOE in there and like yeah, and like silent is a keyword in a game where you've got 360 degree field of fire. It's strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, something that you liked about this. So I already mentioned orders. Yep. The order dial. Haha. -ha! <laughs> yeah, I, I already mentioned that. I think I had a thing I liked ready, but forgot in the interim. Yeah. But okay, uh, quick, say something while while I think of my thing. I quite like the keyword list at the back. It's simple. It's effective. Um, it brings up like, oh, you know, I need to know what this does. It's very clear about what something does. Um, you can kind of work out like what comms gives you or what lethal might mean. But um, yeah, it's just I, I like the keywords. I like the keyword can change the gun around. So you might have a rifle with assisted fire. You could buy a rifle with CQB type stuff. Like, you can play a lot with a weapon without having to be like, oh, this guy's got the AN94, that's a burst, that's a minus one snapshot penalty, or whatever. It's like, no, it's just a rifle with, like, this and that and that tag. Like, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I guess I agree with you with that because, because like, keywords as upgrades is a, a nice and gentle system and stuff. Okay, I like some of the stuff that you can. I like some of the implied stuff they do with army building, like, for example, UK getting access to corporals, which are knockoff sergeants, like, 
it goes with the whole thing of like, well, you know, Western forces are always known to hold the initiative better and they have a better NCO corps. So it, it says like, you know, they, they can dump stress easily and reactivate easier, I guess. So I, I like some of that implied army building stuff, I'm going to say, because I hadn't come up with it, anything, <laughs> anything smarter. <laughs> but so, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I like I, I like that. Yeah, you, you can see the intent. Yeah, um, I think I, I I liked it. I liked they made the game. I liked that they came out and they've been iterating on it. They're up to version one point three, maybe one point four coming soon. I haven't checked the Facebook for a while. Um, and it's had Kickstarter for more guys, so it's clearly a game that they want to keep pushing and keep expanding upon. Um. I want this to do well for them because I want people to succeed and it's like it's a clear labor of love and that's like I oh know it's exciting that's cool I mean uh, there are very precious few companies that I want to fail and fail and burn in this world and <laughs> only one of them is located in or near the Australia and making a World War II game and the other is and, uh, <laughs> Turfland's making a far future dark, Grim Darkness game. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, these lads responded to emails. They did provide some help for us uh, when it came to uh, like stat cards and stuff. So not, not I don't want them to die in, in the ditch and stuff. Uh, so if we're moving sideways into the... <laughs> would I play this game? If Like you mentioned, like they're doing iterations. So if they did iterations to address basically everything oh, we right. said in this podcast and maybe more... Maybe I would play it. I would be interesting to see what they do with the Eurocom and partisan forces, like what they come up with that. Uh, yeah. Once they clear this out, once they remove the all parts of the Buffalo attitude for dice, uh, I would be interested to maybe run it to running it again. Yeah, I think um, I think as is, it's an interesting game to look into. But- I reckon six months to a year. If they've got like more time to flesh factions out and play more with the keywords they've created and create new keywords, like this, um, they've got a cell leader keyword, it doesn't do anything, but the implication is there of like, ooh, it could be something fun. Or it could be awful, you know. I'm not a prognosticator of pronostications, so. Yeah, yeah, I, would, I mean. I wouldn't play it today, and I wouldn't play it over Infinity. But if someone was like, man, I really want to play Dead One Zero, I'd be like, okay. As long as you Gun, to the, <laughs> Gun to the head, uh, Delta One Zero or Spectre? Uh, Delta One Zero. <laughs> huge margin. We haven't covered Spectre, but Spectre is not a game that I enjoyed. It's not a game that's clear about what it wants to be. And it's we talked about Force on Force being like super cool operators operating and just like teabagging brown people. But man, Spectre loves that shit too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, before these guys release the Partisans, which I'm going to see, it will be, uh, I, f- I think it's going to be the Militia Dildo faction. We can't, we don't really know their attitudes towards irregular spiders and stuff. Um, maybe it will be really cool. Maybe it will be really asymmetric. Uh, like you know, these guys show potential. They 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 have they have played games before, and they know what some other games do and what could be iterated upon. And that's not like sacred cow game design studios. 
so I would be interesting to see how the game develops down the line and maybe then play it again. Yeah, like uh, the next Kickstarter brings along, or then there's more digital stuff. Like, oh yeah, I would extremely appreciate it if we ever had to do a next playtest if there was <laughs> maybe an official tabletop simulator module for some of this yeah. stuff. Because if you want to give people what they want to play, at least you stated uh, on your website that you want to give people everything they want to play for free, uh, do that. Uh, now, well, I know that maybe like miniature game manufacturers don't really care about people playing on TTS because that's not what they can sell stuff to. But that's not that's not the case. Corvus Belly and Weird both have incredible either official or very wink-wink-nudge-nudge, that's how to play games on Tabletop Simulator. I, and it's not costing money, like I've introduced guys to that game that way. Like Infinity's had a huge online thing. People bought whole armies, like, man, this is really fun. I'm gonna build some guys and paint some guys. Like, I don't think, it's like demos, right? Yeah. Like, people say piracy costs sales, like, no, they were either never gonna buy the game or will buy the game when they can. Yeah, I mean, I, I've played once with my O12 forces after I started the collected them, and then Plague really got our asses around here. So I yeah. played an Infinity tournament online, and I've never stopped buying O12 miniatures. And there's a lot of unpainted O12 around this in this house, but like, and it absolutely helps, and it absolutely helps to get your feet wet before a like plunging into it and buying miniatures. Yeah, I think it's something that all companies should consider, especially like if you want people to be able to play your game while it's being kickstarted, or like during the during an era of like shipping becoming a nightmare. Also, standees. I I'm so tired of miniatures. Just give me standees. <laughs> I mean, if we are playing uh, if we're playing on like tabletop simulator, they, those can definitely be standees, especially yeah. if you if if you provide standees that can switch between miniature and the uh, volumetric uh, checker thing which infinity which infinity modules do yeah. uh, so like uh, yeah I, th- I think there's I think there's something to be done for going digital and using digital to spread the word of your game around because then you can even do yourself as a creator remote playtest sessions where you show people how to play the game without having to be in Australia and stuff. That's not a cost anyone's willing to pay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody wants to be bitten by a poisonous wallaby, as if there are any others, by going to Australia to play a miniature game. There are wallabies in Indonesia, and they're not poisonous. Yeah, okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) that's their sectorial, I guess. (laughs) All right, let's move to the outro. So, yeah, that's Delta One Zero by Bonsa Games. That's That's a cool game. I think I want. I think it's cool. I think it should do better. Um, I may have seemed harsh on it, but more power to those guys. I mean, there there is a bit of harshness. There's a different kind of harshness that you apply to stuff that you liked, but versus stuff that you entirely hate. Because uh, when you see potential for greatness, uh, yeah, you get extremely angry because somebody didn't take it. Like like, look, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I I wouldn't hate on Warhammer so much if I wasn't invested in Space Marines that much. So I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, 
harp on this game that much if it was just a modern military operator game that sucked and provided nothing else to nothing new to the uh, well the art i don't know yeah mm. let's call it uh, to the field so uh yeah it was an interesting experience in all senses okay so where can people find you on the internet well, they can find me on my blog, which is battledrill.com. And I also have an Instagram, I guess. The thing is, basically, last week I stopped using my own Twitter account because there's diminishing returns to shouting political stuff at people who aren't in my own country. So... Uh, limited amount of utility of shouting at people in my country so i've also stopped using facebook so basically i have a blog and i have a t-shirt store okay <laughs> uh go there buy stuff maybe not on the blog there's nothing to buy there but yeah visit my blog to see the uh playtest some playtest screenshots with comments and yeah, and to appreciate the titanic effort me and my friend put into transporting the play aid into like digital format. Yeah. Um, lots of cool reviews as well. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I post some photos soon. I have a bit of a backlog just from pure laziness and models not picking their favorite photos. Um, yeah. Otherwise, this has been fun. I will talk to you next time. Yep. Bye.